With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Has Mahomes talked to you about preparing for a baby and would you babysit his uh, daughter-to-be? Well, <laughs> um, listen, I'm not good with babies. Um, I'm good with kids. Like, my, my kids are three-year-old and five-year-old, and they, they get excited when they see a baby come around. I don't know if Pat want me to babysit his child at that young of an age. Um, my kids are adventurous, um, and they, they would try to feed the baby. Um, they would have their baby eating sour punch straws and all type of stuff that the baby doesn't need at that age. So, you know, I wouldn't mind if him and Brittany want me to, but I don't think they want to they move that fast, you know? And uh, <laughs> the best of luck, Pat, the best of luck. Pro Football Talk Live, just two days away from the Super Bowl. I just had visions of a three-year-old and a five-year-old helping babysit a tiny little baby. That would not that would not go well. It, it, could, it could produce some entertaining moments for uh, consumption online, but uh, yeah, that, that would probably not go well. Chris Jones' instincts are, are right on the money there. Good morning to everyone. we got another hour of PFT Live to go. Chris is working on a Friday. Whoa. You doing all right? You need any nourishment? You need electrolytes? So you no, nah, I'm good. I got my, I'm got, I got enough coffee here. I'll make it. I'm good. You know, got a good night of sleep. I mean, this Friday stuff, I'll tell you. But, you know, for the Super Bowl and for you, I'll work on a Friday. What the hell? Well, you usually do when we're, you I know, know, at the I Super know, Bowl site. Right. It, it, I've, I, it just, it's just so weird to not be there. But then I saw a picture yesterday of what Radio Row looks like, and Thursday afternoon of Super Bowl week, it is humming, absolute, total, packed in humanity. Yeah, and and you see the table, and, and they're doing what they have to do. It's the only way you can have Radio Row. I was surprised they even did it. The tables very far apart, hardly anyone in there. People sitting at the radio station tables, you know, properly social distancing while they work, but. It's just the way it is, and hopefully by next year when we're in Los Angeles because it's an NBC game, Super Bowl 56, yeah. at SoFi Stadium, uh, hopefully the world will be back to normal. Then. Not just for that reason, for many, many, many other reasons, but here's hoping that things are moving in the right direction. It feels like the flow of the news is starting to creep a little bit positive. I know yeah. it's still a horrible situation for so many people who are sick and dying from this. But it seems like the numbers are starting to improve. The vaccines are getting out of so we hope we can all get back to normal. And this weekend gives us, Sunday night gives yeah. us all a collective break from it. The ratings should be higher than ever. You've got one of the great Super Bowls of all time, and you've got a bunch of people who are at home. They're not going out to parties. Yeah. They're going to be dialing up on their home TVs and watching the game. Chris, I think that uh, there's a chance it could be the biggest audience ever. I would think so. I mean, geez, we're all looking for something to do and just create any excitement in our lives. I mean, that's where I'm going crazy. I miss mental stimulation, talking to people, just seeing things, whatever. I mean, yeah, so – what, what's the second best thing? Okay, we're going to hunker down and try to make the best of a, of a situation and a big event on TV. 
I mean, I you know, the the wife's going to get the chicken wings. She's cooking chicken wings this weekend. We're going to have pigs in the blanket, you know, some good vegetables, chips and dip, all that type of stuff and and make the best of it. So I would think yes, and it's cold as hell up here, maybe make a fire and just try to make the setting that way and hopefully that's what everybody else will do and watch Brady and Mahomes, which will be awesome. I saw somewhere that the average American consumes 8,000 calories during the Super Bowl. Does anyone have any idea how much food is 8,000 8,000 calories? I think that's a little high. I well, I've seen I don't the average, know. I've seen the average American, well, but I still yeah, think that's, that's high. I was going to say, you go to the local <laughs> airport, I think uh, we, we all 8,000 calories is not that big of a deal this day and age. I don't know. I go to any airport over the country. And go, I think we have some people that had 8,000 calories this morning for breakfast. Okay. Uh, all right. I, I can believe it, Mike. I can believe it, though. I really can because I bet you, you know, you sit there and all day the pregame's on and you're munching slowly but surely. And then, you know, later in the day, of course, you start to hit some of the sweets and things like that. I bet you there is a lot of people. I bet you myself included will probably be dancing around that number as far as uh, 8,000 calories. And, and beer. Yes, right. Or content yeah, as well. Right. And much much beer and seltzer will be consumed. Seltzer is the new the new wine cooler. You know, we... I, I, we don't what are you going to do? You're going to do... Well, let me just... Let me hear. Like, you, you're going to... Will you drink a tequila, you know, watching the Super Bowl Sunday night? What are we going to do? I Well... We've been watching the weather forecast very, very carefully because we've been toying with the idea of having an extremely limited gathering of my son's friends. Right. He's got one friend who's a huge Buccaneers fan, loves Mike Evans. So my son's like, oh, I, I got to have him come over to watch the game. It's like, if we do it outside, we can do it. We can't do it in the barn. And so the, the forecast is wildly swinging. And if it's warm enough, we may go outside and... And spread out yeah, and good. watch the game out there, but uh, yeah, we're still we're still working on the menu. Okay, we're still we're still working on the menu. It's probably going to come down to wings and pizza right. and beer and maybe some tequila for the second half and a cigar. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I go wrong with and that. we got to work the next day. Got to work that's, the next that's day. That's the thing. That's where so I, it's, I it's tell not, my it's family. not like we can get blottoed watching the game. No we got to work. I know that that is the, that is the key. That's where my Super Bowl viewing has changed ever since I started working this show. You know, I used to go. So maybe my mom and dad's house and my sister and mom, they'd have a Super Bowl party and things like that. But the last few years, because, yeah, we're up early Monday morning. I just I don't want to be a part of that. I, I don't. I want to just sit and watch the game. And then, you know, after the game, watch some of the post game press conferences. And then, hey, it's over. I got to go to bed and I got to talk about all this crap. So uh, I'm kind of on the anti no more Super Bowl parties, I think, uh, for me anytime soon. Oh, and, and I was doing the math last night for next year Super Bowl week in Los Angeles. Oh, sh crap. When our, I almost when our said show the bad word right there. 4 a.m. local time. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> assuming, well, assuming that they don't cancel us by then. I don't know. Maybe by then we'll want to be. Five days of 4 a.m. I think plus that sounds Monday. like hopefully we get a good Super Bowl game or something like that. That sounds like maybe me and you just need to pull it all nighter and just yeah. maybe party with the Super Bowl winners and just have fun and, and then show up and do the show. <laughs> we, we will pick our winners for this Super Bowl coming up later in the hour. We spent the first segment of last hour talking about the Chiefs' offense against the Buccaneers' defense. Now let's flip it around. Bruce Arians, Tom Brady and company, no risk it, no biscuit, going against that Chiefs defense, which is damn good. It gets overshadowed by the offense, as yeah. the Buccaneers does. So what do we do here if we're Bruce Arians and we're drawing it up and we've seen Tom Brady throwing the ball down the field, but we've also seen that running game with Leonard Fournette and Ronald right. Jones and two tight ends to block. Um, will it be go for it? Or will there be some element of a conservative approach, do you think, by Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich? Well, let, let's let's talk about that, you know? I mean, because I, I think it's an interesting conversation there. I do. I mean, Mike, after watching back the first matchup, if I just had to boil down, right, like one master thought about the football game, I would say um, Kansas City's defense vanilla and playing simple, Brady good. Kansas City's defense exotic, blitzing disguises, Brady very bad. 
That is what that that would be my big synopsis of the game right off the bat. And so why I say that is because of what you just said. So what's the best way to kind of protect from, you know, the, the disaster? And that to me is is your point there. The run game. I mean, yeah. You know, we talked about the defense and how, hey, it's going to be tough to stop Patrick Mahomes and company. You got to play a complete football game here as a franchise and a team. And I don't know, Mike. I mean, what would you do? I think I would take the approach of I want to ground and pound, make the Chiefs have to defend the run, not let Spags get all creative with his great pass defenses and things like that. And then within that run and doing that, we can keep Brady protected and do the play-action passes. And really, listen, the only weakness of Tom Brady is when he spazzes out when people are around him. There's just no other way to say it. There's no weakness to his game other than that he's 43 and he doesn't want to be hit. And when people do get around him, that's when he's done his dumbest things all year, and that would worry me if I'm the Bucks and, and managing that. And we've seen that for the past several years. It's part of the bargain that he's made to play into his 40s. He has a new hard wiring in his brain that when – Guys are getting close. He's just going to get rid of the football, yeah, right. even if it means a short punt type of a throw, like right. the one last game against the Packers when Darnell Savage came in untouched. The back didn't get over to try to slow him down. Savage is coming at Brady. Brady fires it up into the air, and Jair Alexander adjusts on the ball and makes the play, and that was the third of three interceptions on three consecutive series by Tom Brady. So but what you're do you right, think? the key is Yeah. Well what, what do you I, think? Look, you've got Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Right. And I'm assuming Jones' quad injury is better. We saw him break off some runs against the Saints, but yeah. we also saw him hobble. Fournette has been getting it done. Jones is getting it done. The added benefit of Keeping Patrick Mahomes on the right. sideline, drinking right. Gatorade, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we'd like to see a shootout. We want to see high scoring. Yeah. But doesn't it make sense if you're the Buccaneers? You can still do no risk at no biscuit in the right moment. You get around the 50-yard exactly. line, first right. and 10. Right. Maybe a little flea flicker or just a play-action pass, and you let Mike Evans run down the left sideline, and you throw it deep, and you hope he goes and gets it. So I think you have to have a controlled no risk at no biscuit because right. there's a strategic okay. value. This gets back to how you defend the Chiefs, but we say this all the time with a high-powered offense. The less they're on the field, the less they can score points, and the more frustrated they'll be when they're finally out there. I I, I mean, I, I, I'm i with you. I, I, I just don't think, as much as I love Brady's ability to throw the deep ball at Evans and, you know, Godwin and, of course, Scotty Miller at AB and all of those type of things – I just don't think they can match blow for blow getting in a shootout with with Kansas City. I don't I don't see it that way. I don't. I think of that I think that would be the worst way for the Bucks to play. I think that could be oh Brady panicking, crazy blitz by Spags, throws an interception, throws another one and all of a sudden we're in trouble getting blown out or something like that. That would be my worry about playing that aspect. I agree with you. I, I think that's the way to go. Like you said, you know, it's calculated risks there. We're going to run the ball. We're going to make Spagnolo have to play defenses to stop the run so we don't have to worry about all these crazy blitzes and disguises he has. And then within that, like you said, oh, we're at the 50-yard line. Hey, we've been running the ball good with Ronald Jones. Oh, hey, there's the ball, Ronald. Oh, I'm going to keep it, play action pass. And maybe you now got a safety who is stop, stopping the run, and you got Mike Evans over the top and things like that. But, okay, good. I think we're in agreement there. The, 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 the Bucks offense need to run the ball and help their defense, right, for them to win the football game. I think that's certainly one of my big thoughts. And you've got the guys. They picked up Leonard Fournette for a reason. They like Ronald Jones, and and I think that that one-two punch could really make a difference and soften up the defense and take some of the steam out of the pass rush. Yeah. Speaking of the pass rush, right. the architect of the entire defense, but especially a front four that uh, the same guy that was in charge of the pass rush 13 years ago when the Giants beat the Patriots and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, Steve Spagnuolo. Here he is on facing Brady and how to get after him. He's a step ahead of everything. I mean, every every film clip that you put on, you know, he's putting their guys in the right defense. That's always the challenge when you go against what I call a cerebral quarterback. And we know Tom is is like that. He has total control 
Uh, he gets them out there in time to, to change things. We're going to have to be really good on the back end, not to show him things, or as we say, don't let him read our mail. Because uh, if he can read our mail, he knows exactly what to do. I love that statement. Great. Don't let him read our mail. Because he knows how to read the mail. There's nothing right. you can show him that he's never seen before. After 20 years of playing quarterback in the NFL, you can't fool him. And my guess is he can still read your mail when you're hiding it, right? He's still yes. going to know. He's still going to know what that look is going to become because he's probably seen something that you've done that Spagnolo's done where they've tried to disguise a look the same way. Not with a different disguise, that disguise. Because that's the thing about disguising the looks. We talked about this I think last week or yeah. two, I, it, it, you know, you still got to move into the right position. Right. You got to be able to pull it off or right. you're going to get caught flat-footed. No doubt. They're the ultimate disguise team. And that's why he's had success against Brady. I mean, that really is. Even, because you're right. I mean, Brady, even with the greatest disguises, is, is more times than not going to be right than wrong. But what Spags has done is just go, he creates three, four times a game where he goes, oh, I got you. I got you. You thought we were blitzing over here. We blitzed over here. And now I only blitzed five guys. I only got five after you, but I found a way to get one free, even though you had five or six blockers. And now that's what made Brady, oh, wait, I'm, you know, somebody's in my face. I'm going to throw the ball. And he throws the ball off of his own left tackle's helmet, and it pops in the air, and Tyron Matthew gets an interception. That's where Spags has been brilliant. You know, he's brilliant disguises and creativity that way. And that's to me why, again, back to our point, why you want to run the ball a little bit. That is, that is, they have this big hulking offensive line and they got to lean on it a little bit. And I think it takes away one of the great advantages the Chiefs have, which is Spags and their ability to be really exotic and do awesome things on that side of the ball that are just, you know, outside the norm. And uh, I think that's where it's going to be fun to watch to see if the Bucks take that approach. Do you think Bruce Arians just accepts that having a 43-year-old quarterback is going to lead to the situations where when he sees the people around him, he's just going to get rid of the football? Or do you think Arians is trying to convince him gently – this week, don't worry about it. There is no tomorrow. This is the Super Bowl. You got the entire offseason to to heal from whatever happens if you get hit. And again, that's yeah. You, you don't you don't want to get injured. You don't right. want to spend your offseason rehabbing an injury. He takes a lot of pride in his ability to put in the work. If you're injured, you're not putting in the work to keep your body to where it needs to be. I just I I I feel like this I is the you. one game where you throw caution to the wind. You're going for number seven. You you. You know, now you you don't want to get injured during the game, and then it's Blaine Gabbert for crying out loud. All due respect, too late for that. But uh, I, I I feel like this is one where maybe you hold the ball another half second longer and don't throw one up for grabs. I, I that would be the common logic, right? You would think like, hey, it's like you said, it's a Super Bowl. There's no next week. You know, it's that game. Maybe this is a week where he goes, okay, the hell with it. I'll stand there and let Chris Jones crush me, and I'm gonna make this throw. We'll see. I just to say, you know, in situations like that, more times than not, it's been disaster for Brady. That's like we said, it's the only negative the last few years in his in his game. It's the only thing. Everything else is is awesome. So, but yes, that aspect, him knowing, I would think he knows and is going to maybe you know try to adjust that in his own brain. And then like Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, I think have been sending like silent signals to him all year, just. That's what they've done so great at with, hey, yeah, we know you don't like to throw the ball down the field and get hit and do that, but look, we got all these guys in here blocking and protecting you. You know, we kept Gronk in, we kept Ronald Jones in. It's seven guys, and they've done a great job that way. That's where it's been special, and I would ex I would expect we see this, you know, that approach, Mike. I really would, Mike. The one thing I other thing I took away from the game itself that plays into what we're saying here. Kansas City's front four, when they didn't blitz and do the exotic stuff, they couldn't get there to Brady. Chris Jones and Frank Clark had ish. They did not really get around Brady. It was when they got in those passing situations and now Spags could do crazy things 
where he created mismatches and confused the offensive line and things like that is where they got the pressure. So then, like, you know, we're talking again, if you run the ball and the play actions and now you can't blitz and do those things, he might have a lot of time when it's just four and then he could throw the ball. Like I said, that first matchup, when things were vanilla, he kind of tore Kansas City's butt apart a little bit. Here's another crazy idea that I have as influenced by my recollection of the Darnell Savage blitz when the back didn't get over yeah. to pick him up. Right. It, and, you know, usually when you see a guy in shotgun formation, he's got a back to his left or his right. He's got one. Right. Is there any merit to having two back there to help with blitz pickup? Well, it, it's funny. Or even bring a tight end back. Well, have a running back and a tight end back there. Give them that extra three three yards or so so they can survey what's happening and they can pick up a blitzer before he gets to break. They're definitely going to have to think of all angles because of the way Spags blitz and how creative he is. And, and Mike, I'm really actually glad you brought this up because this to me is another thing. I actually was talking about this with my father the other night. You know, it is If there's one issue with the Bucks offense is that that kind of stuff happens too much to where you just go, man, it's Tom Brady and this group and how do they – let a guy go free. And, you know, how do they have the O-line sliding this way and yet they ended up blitzing the other way? There's been a little bit of issues with them picking up the blitz at times and just sorting it out the proper way. And the backs especially have not been tip-top when it comes to Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette as far as pass protecting. That could be something to watch for. But, yeah, Mike, I mean, that's, I, I, that's I'm interested to see if they take approaches like that. You know, or, hey, it's two tight ends over here, and both of you are going to stay in, and we're going to have an extra guy on the edge and then slide the rest of the offensive line the other way. You know, I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do and, and how, it, how they approach that. The offensive line has been very good yeah. in recent weeks, and I remember Bruce Arians talking about the challenge they faced in the wild card round against Washington and all the talk about Chase Young and Tom Brady, and right. that was something the offensive line took to heart, and it pushed them to a higher level. And it's up the middle where the concern really is when you're dealing with Tom Brady. He can deal with the pressure around the side. It's the pressure up the middle that if he starts getting hit, he starts looking down instead of looking down the field. And when you're talking about trying to throw the ball deep – you need to have time. Yeah. That throws a wrench into the entire offense, Chris, when you consider how much Brady has thrown deep more than anyone else in the NFL this year. You need some time to do it, and if they start getting home early, it's going to look a lot like Super Bowl 43. Yeah, needs time. 42. 42, I got you. who we mean. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, he needs that time. You're right, to let those plays develop. And he's, at this point of his career, he's a little bit of a he – needs a, he needs space. He's a space thrower. You know, even this year, compared to the last few years in New England, you know, he, he's not, he doesn't slide around the pocket as much, if you notice, even that way. You know, hey, he'll stand there and he plants his feet and he throws rifles and lasers all over the field. But to what you're saying there exactly, yeah, I think that's where he's even different than 2007 or 2012 or other past Super Bowls. He's actually moving less as far as the Tom Brady sliding around the pocket and doing stuff like that to where – you know, to your point, people in his face up the middle, I think are more of a hindrance to him now than they even were 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whenever it was. We had that chart going into the conference championship weekend of the release point of the quarterbacks, the four quarterbacks, and the one guy that's always in the same spot, yeah. Tom Brady. Right. Very rarely does he break out of that tight circle in the middle. That's, yeah, that's part of being 43. He's still got a cannon for an arm but he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. Think about that, how different the styles are. Both have great arms, yeah. but from the standpoint of release point, body position, arm position, you know, Brady's always going to deliver it the same way. He's going to have the classic mechanics, right. and Mahomes is going to be all over the place with that shortstop body, that shortstop mentality that allows you, if you develop a sufficiently strong arm, yeah. to throw from any platform with two feet on the ground, one feet on the ground, no foot on the ground. Yeah, he's... He's the greatest magician we've ever seen ever in the history of football, I think, with the ball already. I'm, I'm willing to say that. And, damn, I don't take that lightly. You know that because all Aaron Rodgers is really slick with the damn football, and Brett Favre was really slick with the football too. Those are guys that, you know, I mean, we saw it. I mean, Brett Favre threw ball underhand for touchdown. He's got some of that flair to him. 
I've never seen anything like Mahomes and all the different ways he has to do it. And, you know, Mike, let me ask you this, because I've thought about this. Just, God, you know, all we do is think about this damn game and everything like it. But the I always felt early on, maybe the first two years or so, that Mahomes felt the pressure playing Brady. I do feel like, you know, maybe last year into this year now, that that's almost turned around where I feel like Mahomes is in the Brady position now where he's like, I'm the man, I'm confident, I'm going to be the guy. And now it's Brady who's like, oh, gosh, I got to keep up with this guy. This guy's really good. And I just think that's a unique you know, perspective for a legend, the GOAT. He's in a spot he's never really been in before. Well, and in 2019 when they played, the reality is Mahomes had a much better team around him than Brady. Maybe Definitely. one of the reasons why Brady started looking for a new team. Sure. So now they get a chance to square off in the postseason with and, – and let's be realistic about it. 2018 AFC Championship, Mahomes had the better team. Brady just had the better day. Oh, and Matthew Slater called – I think he calls heads all the time. Right. When it's overtime and they won the toss and they went down the field and they scored a touchdown well, and Mahomes the didn't get on the field. It's the perfect example, again, though, like he didn't have the better day. He threw one touchdown and two interceptions, but his team was good. So, therefore, he was outplayed in another AFC championship game and got to go to a Super Bowl. You know, that's where I'll stop all that crap. And I'm not yelling at you. You know I'm yelling at people on TV. But – that's just that's just where where I get into that sometimes too, where I go, yeah, okay, I know he outdueled Mahomes in that game. He won. He did not outduel him, you know, right. and 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 it's a different style of play. That's where it bothers me too. The Chiefs in Kansas City, you know, it's all about Mahomes. The 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 New England Patriots weren't all about Brady. They ran the ball and they were a very balanced football team. And that's where I just I get sick of that talk. It's not personal to you, Mike. I didn't mean to trigger to me, do it, but I enjoy <laughs> that I did, and I should have brought it up in the last hour when we were talking about the Bucks defense because anytime a big play is made, it's definitely because of Tom Brady. <laughs> right, he willed them from the sideline. I, I, that talk's just driving me mad this week. I just, I do love the story though. I, I do, do too. love the Levante David story. Of in the locker room right. after winning the NFC Championship, yeah, and someone was crying, and Brady yells at him, Why the F are you crying? We still have more work to do. And Levante Davis was like, Oh, I was crying too. I dried my eyes real quick. He's right. I mean, that's that's the mentality that can infect the team and in a good way and get you focused on what's important. Getting to the Super Bowl isn't important. Winning the Super Bowl is important. It is. It's a big difference. I mean, I've heard it from way too many coaches throughout time where they just go, man, the getting to the Super Bowl is one thing. It's a huge jump from just, you know, getting to the AFC championship game. And now winning the actual Super Bowl is another huge jump. Um, and that's why you got a guy like Tom Brady. He's going to keep everybody's butt in line and, and looking at the, the main objective. And losing it hurts more than losing any other game at oh, any other level imagine. of the sport. That's the thing. You climb and you climb and you climb. And when you're reaching for the flag at the top of the mountain, you get thrown down to the bottom in violent fashion and your heart's ripped out along the way. And that's what one of these teams is going to face come Sunday night. And it's all going to play out on national TV before tens, if not hundreds of millions. Let's take a break. When we return, speed round time on this Friday edition of PFT. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We're out in the wilderness somewhere. We got lost and we were, we were, we couldn't get home. We couldn't find our place. We know one thing. Bud would end up living and us dying, even if he had to eat us. Oh, how about this one? The new episode of Sports Uncovered, The Legend of Bud Grant. Check it out. The episode drops today. I definitely will be. Bud Grant. Oh, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. One of the great coaches of all time and just that standard he set for the Vikings. Uh, I'm surprised he's wearing a jacket in that photo. Yeah. No jackets. No sleeves. Get are, out there and freeze. Are you running the NBC Sports Department now? I mean, it just seems very pro Minnesota <laughs> around here lately. I mean, it's just I, two I have segments no in idea. A row. Jeez, I'm, I'm really is your team, huh? Now Bud I know Grant. why I have purple behind me in these things. It's just it's all a fix for the Vikings. All right, uh, <laughs> let's get into uh, today's speed round. Brought to you by Verizon, five G built. Right. All right, Chris, what's more likely? Carson Wentz is on the Eagles in 2021 or playing for another team? Well, it's the 5G speed round, Mike, okay? And Carson Wentz, I'm going to go plays on another team. I'm going for another team. I am. I just think this is not done yet. The Eagles are playing their cards the right way. But I think ultimately the Eagles fans don't want Carson Wentz. And if I'm Carson Wentz, I'm hearing that and I'm going, you know what? I don't want you either. I'm out of here. I think that it is an effort to do a Matthew Stafford trade, one that looks like a Matthew Stafford trade, but at the core, it's a Jared Goff trade because they're unloading $40 million in guaranteed money over the next two years, just like the Rams did yeah. with Jared Goff. This is a big contract to unload off the books. I think the Colts are going to be the primary candidate to take him. All right, what's more likely? Matthew Stafford and the Rams win less than nine games or Jared Goff and the Lions, it's still weird to say that, win more than seven. Whoa, okay. Um, what's more likely? Man, Stafford and the Rams win less than nine. I, I don't but man, the Lions more than seven. I can't get behind that either. Holy cow. I I, I don't like either one of these choices. All right. That's what makes it a good I know. That's what makes I don't I can't go with the Lions winning more than seven yet. So I can't. I, I just can't. I don't see that. So in the, the Rams in the NFC West. Okay, maybe I could see them going eight and eight if the, the the experiment with Stafford doesn't work the right way. I'll pick that one. And they don't have Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator, so they yeah, have changed. Sure. They have it's it's going to take some time, and there may not be much of an offseason program again this year. Reminder: This is today's speed round, brought to you by Verizon 5G. You going Built, with that too? Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I, I'm not ready to sign on for the Lions winning more than seven. Not right. with all due respect. Too late for that. Not with Jared Goff. All right. What's more likely? Tyreek Hill is held under 60 yards or Travis Kelsey is held under 60 yards on Sunday? Well, talking about speed rounds. Holy cow. Tyreek Hill. Holy crapola, Batman. He can run. Um, I think that if I have to choose either one there, I would go, I think, with Tyreek Hill being under 60. Okay. If I have to choose one, I, I don't think either one. I would expect both of them to be 100, but I, I would go with Hill just because Kelsey has an amazing uh, cohesion with, with Mahomes. I couldn't figure the word there. I, I agree with you just because it's going to be easier to take. If, if they're going to have any luck taking one of the two guys away, and maybe they take away neither, it's going to be easier to take away Hill than Kelsey. So I agree with you. If one of them's under 60, it's going to be Hill. What's more likely, Tom Brady throws two or more interceptions or Gronk scores a touchdown? It's hard to say Brady's going to throw two-plus interceptions. I'll go with Gronk scores a TD. I certainly could see that. Them getting down there around the, you know, anywhere inside the 15, a play-action pass or something, Gronk one-on-one with somebody. Uh, I, I, I could see Gronk scoring a TD in this one. Gronk shows up big in big spots. He's going to throw caution to the wind. He had that huge play in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It wasn't a touchdown, but it helped set the stage for a 3-3 tie, becoming a 13-3 win by the Patriots. What's more likely, Patrick Mahomes throws for 300 or more yards or scores a rushing touchdown? What's more likely? I, I could see both happening here. Um, 
I'm going to go with 300 plus yards. I am on this one. I mean, uh, you know, got the got hurt running the ball earlier in the playoffs. I would say let's not do that against this Buccaneers defense and Devin White and all that stuff. Let's just let him throw the ball, get it out of his hands quick. Don't let that pass rush be a thing. And hey, that pass game is what got you here. Let's throw the ball, Kansas City. With Devin White lurking on the other side of the ball, yeah. I'm not taking my chances running the football. Not today. So I agree with you. It's more likely he'll throw for 300 Mike, or yards. You know what's crazy? He only has two 300-yard playoff games to this point of his career. Isn't that funny? Wow. Like when you say that, because it's just 300 yards for him is like a walk in the park. But it still doesn't matter because it's like the quality of the completions. It's like okay, yeah, he's got. You know, 100 yards throwing. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, he's got 180. That was one throw, 80-yard touchdown. Boom. And, then, you know, it's, oh, okay, now he's at 205. And then, whoa, there's another 70-yard touchdown. He's at 280. I mean, it's just the it's the quality of the completions that's so impressive with Patrick Mahomes. He was north of 350 at halftime of the last game against the Buccaneers yeah. on pace to obliterate the Norm Van Brocklin record from 1951. The single-game passing yardage record is from 1951. Chew on that while Seriously. we take a break, and we will draft uh, MVPs, I think, other than quarterbacks, MVP candidates for Super Bowl 55. We'll be right back. Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon. 5G built right. All right, there are the last 10 Super Bowl MVPs. A lot of quarterbacks, but plenty of receivers. You get the periodic defensive player. There have been nine defensive players who have won Super Bowl MVP, only six running backs all time. Trivia question for today. As we do the non-quarterback edition of our Super Bowl MVP draft, Chris, name the two players, and there have been two of them, who have won back-to-back Super Bowl MVP awards. Whoa, okay. Man, there's been historian. I know historian. You got me. You got me nervous here. I'm. I'm actually really am nervous. Um. Wow. There's been two They're of quarterbacks. them. Two They're of quarterbacks. them back to back. So Terry Bradshaw's one because I know he won it in 13 and 14. He beat the Cow Correct. Right. Hold on. We got one more. Did I have to name both of them or just one? No, of you got to name them both. Oh my gosh. I know. I know this. This is gonna. Montana didn't win back to back. So hold on. Give me a second. Aikman, no. Holy crap. Bola, who am I missing? I guess feel, Tom Brady. You're going to be very upset when you hear it. Bart Starr. Oh, one. my gosh. I knew it. I knew it was something obvious. I knew it. I didn't go back to one and two. Oh, my gosh. Damn. I'm All right. This is, this is not going to be easy because, yeah, it's non-quarterback. You got to take the quarterbacks out of the mix. Um, I, I'll, I'll go with... Travis Kelsey, you know, if it's not going to be Mahomes, uh, Kelsey has a big game. You know, maybe Mahomes has not tremendous stats, but Kelsey has one of those games where he has like 13 catches for 180 yards and uh, and and a couple of touchdowns. And actually, he's the one other than the quarterbacks at plus 1,000, bet 100, win 1,000. Kelsey is the third guy on the list. That's who I'll go with. Makes sense. I mean, like if Mahomes has a day where it's like 290 yards and maybe two touchdowns and one interception and Kelsey's, you know, got 180 of those yards, I could see that like him being an MVP that way, you know, a la like a Jerry Rice to Joe Montana and, and Super Bowl 23 or something like that. I wouldn't be shocked. So that's a good pick by you. Uh, I'll, I'll go over to Tampa and their defense here. You know, I, I just think that it, if there's going to be someone other than Brady, It'll probably be someone from the defense because they've done something to stop one of the greatest offenses we've seen in the history of football. Kind of like what, you know, Von Miller did to Cam Newton and company. I don't know which guy to go with. That's where I'm like, there's, uh, but I'll go Shaq Barrett. I'm going to go Shaq Barrett. All right. A guy that, you know, led the NFL in sacks in 2019. He did strip sack fumble Mahomes the first time around. And it's going to take something like that and maybe even another one of those for them to win the football game. So I'll go Shaq Barrett. Do you remember who the defensive co-MVPs were from Super Bowl Twelve from the Dallas Cowboys? Historian? I do. So Harvey Martin. Yes. Okay. And Randy White. Perfect. Well done. Play the Thank horns you. again. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, you should get the next pick for that. Although I, I, I did know that one too. I remember that because it was so, it was like, it felt wrong to me. There should only be one. Right. Okay. Uh, next one for me. Whew, I'll go Mike Evans. 
I'll go Mike Evans. A uh, couple of touch same same reasoning as Travis Kelsey. Right. No reason to repeat it all. Big yardage, couple of touchdowns. Brady has an interception or two. You know, the Julian Edelman dynamic. It was Edelman a couple of years ago. Mike Evans, same reason this time if the Bucks win. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. I mean, the, the logic there certainly makes sense. And he, Kansas City played man-to-man the first time around against Tampa Bay, Mike, and did a pretty good job. Brashad Breeland was very good against Mike Evans. I would think after that game, Kansas City's going to feel good again about, hey, we'll leave him one-on-one, which might not be a good thing because maybe, you know, Tampa and Brady and everybody got something in store for that this time. So that'll be uh, something to watch for for sure. All right, well, hey, it's it's Super Bowl, you know, and it's, you know, it's two, two rockets up your butt are good, but I got a guy that's got three rockets up his butt, and I'm going to take him. That's right, Tyreek Hill. Welcome to the MVP conversation. You know, just the same reasons you talked about Travis Kelsey or anything. We already saw he could be special against this team. He might get some opportunities. Hey, got 200 yards in the first quarter the last time. If the Bucks just kept pace a little bit there early on, who knows what he would have had. So I, I just can't wait to see what Tampa does to try to change the outcome from what they did the last time. But Tyree Kill certainly on my radar for an MVP. Here's why I think that he won't win MVP. I think he's got enough baggage. Sorry, Chiefs fans. I know you don't like hearing it, but he's got baggage that will keep the sports writers who are voting on MVP from voting for him. They'll skew toward Mahomes if Hill has the kind of numbers that would justify it. I just feel like the human dynamic will take over in that moment, and they won't want to see him be the Super Bowl MVP. And I don't have a vote. I'm not saying that it's don't, – don't, don't blame me if it doesn't happen, but I could see that happen. I'm going to go Devin White with my last one. I'm surprised yeah. when you started searching for Bucks defenders. I know. You didn't think of him. I know. He's the heart and soul of that defense. He is. And, and uh, you know, right place, right time. If he has another one of those, yet again, right place, right time moments, generates a couple of turnovers – It'll be just like Dexter Jackson. Remember, Dexter Jackson won it in 37 for the Bucks, And if they had voted just a couple of minutes Dwight later, Smith. it would have been Dwight Smith. Yeah. Right? My buddy, Dwight he Smith. Had, didn't he had two pick sixes? Two pick sixes in the last, like, three minutes of the football game. Uh, but, yes, unbelievable, that defense, that showing. And, hey, it's going to take that kind of performance, I think, from the Buccaneers once again if they want to win the Super Bowl, at least in my opinion there. Um, I'm with you, Mike. I mean, I wanted to do the Devin White thing, too. I just went with the sack thing. Devin White is the best player on the Bucks defense. There's, I, I have no hesitation in saying that, and I feel pretty comfortable saying, other than Chris Jones, he's the best defensive player in this game, other than Chris Jones. And I'll go with Chris Jones as my last one. I could see Chris Jones having two or three sacks in a game, you know, a tip pass that gets intercept, intercepted, maybe a strip, strip sack fumble. Or maybe he's the guy that just Fs the play up a whole lot in the run game and does things like that and gets a few handful of sacks with it too. But to what you've always said with Brady, pressure in his face, those issues, Chris Jones will be a a big part of that. All right, bonus question, football historian. And one of these is going to be easy because it was just have been on your mind the other day. Three franchises have won Super Bowls with three different starting quarterbacks. How many of them can you name okay well Washington football team right we just we were talking about that with Joe Gibbs and it's just amazing how he did that how about the Green Bay Packers Bart Starr Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers and how about that old has been old guy Phil Sims New York Giants Jeff Hostaller Eli Manning wow boom I was thinking Cowboys. No, it's only Aren't- Aikman and Staubach. It went to my mind too, but I was like, wait, it was only they are the only two that won the Super Bowl. So Staubach started six. Morton must have started five. He's- That's what it was. I they lost so. five. Right. Staubach started six and twelve, and Aikman started the other three. Right. Wow. Yeah. Giants. Sims, hey. Hostetler. Hey. And uh Manning, hey, which hey. doesn't belong and why? Hey, which one? Which ones had shaving cream in his shoes? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I. Uh, just, just to let you know, historian. Just to let you know, historian. Yeah. All right. Well done. <laughs> Thank you.
G- give me this. Give me the final score. Of Super Bowl thirty nine. Oh, okay. Hold on. I gotta. I gotta think of what Super Bowl thirty nine is real quick. That's the, the I don't hardest know. part. If you're a historian, you already know. Okay. Oh man, Super Bowl thirty nine is Eagles uh, Patriots, right? Because yeah. Super Bowl forty. Oh no. Well, it's MVP Dion Branch. And the Patriots. Yeah, that's not what I asked. You. I know the. I'm gonna say the. Pa- I'm not gonna be good with this one. I'm gonna say Patriots. Oh, 27-20. But I'm wrong. 27-21. Was it 27-17? It might have been. What was it? All right. They don't. Well, that we'll I get to it that after the break. Orifice. We'll tell you after the break. Yeah. Although I'm sure plenty of you already know what it is. When we return, it's time for our picks. Our final scores. It was 24-21. Oh. Final score of that Super Bowl. Uh, we'll, we'll give you our picks. Will it be 24-21? Will it be something else? PFT Live, back after this. 27. All right. Oh, there it is. Oh, boy. At least I'm ahead in the best bets, and I've clinched that one. Straight up was a straight up mess for me this year. Against the spread, Sims has an insurmountable lead. And uh, best bets. That's the one. That's the only one I care about. I think that's, that's the one, one most people in. care about, Mike. So that's don't the one worry. I lead in. Yeah. Still, as 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 has been pointed out to me by many people, 28, 25, and four is not good enough to make you money because of the 10% fig. So we'll try to do better next year. I was badly underwater against the spread, but we pick all the games against the spread, even the ones that we have no idea that we yeah. would say don't bet. Our right. advice would be don't bet on this game. We, we throw a dart, we make a pick, and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But it just shows you how well they do crafting the lines, yes. how hard it is to get an edge. Uh, they, they do an excellent job of, of picking that, that spot where um, you're going to have really a coin flip proposition. Yeah, exactly I don't know right. how anybody right. consistently stays above 50% yep, yep. Those, the spread. Those damn sneaky casinos, they found a way to make some money, didn't they? Yes, but it is. It's unreal. And I, I only gambled a little once in my whole life. I think I've told you right after I got done with my career, I had a friend who would ask me a little bit, and it wasn't even my money. He was giving me a percentage of his winnings. And I was nervous. So I just can't imagine being one of those guys that, you know, puts real money on a weekly basis on it. Hey, people do it. People enjoy it. It adds to the yeah the overall experience for me. Right. I, I Maybe the fact that we do the picks this way is our little enhancement. It I does don't help. need it. And and really, I I would be so much more upset over losing five bucks than I would be over winning 50. So it's just not worth it to me. All right. Uh this game I would not bet on. This is one of those, Chris, I would not bet. We're only making the pick. I'm only making the pick because I have to. I have no idea what the hell is going to happen in this one. I really don't. That's my disclaimer. And my reasoning for this is very simple. I picked the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl before the season. Yep. I have tried to come up with an argument to abandon it because, like, oh, well, I picked them to beat the Patriots, not the Chiefs. If it would have been the Chiefs, <laughs> I would have picked the Chiefs to win. I'm not going to play that game. Yep. 30 to 27. It's going to take a couple of big plays by the Buccaneers' defense. The offense is going to have to click. And uh, good luck holding the Chiefs under 30 points. But if they can do it, the Bucs can win 30-27. to 27. That's, I've always liked that score. Yeah. There's just something about that score. Yeah. It's just enough points. Right. It's not too many points. It's not too low scoring of a game. So that's what I like. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I feel like, you know, if it's a close game, it'll be right there in that range. Definitely. You know, what I think is funny. All right. So I know you're picking the Bucks. But just your overall tone and things like that, like you, you think the Chiefs are gonna win though. Like I, I, I respect it. I know that you're going down with your team that you picked. But I feel like, and your spaghetti and meatballs and you know some garlic and onions in there too, that it's really going. I think the Chiefs are gonna win, but we're just gonna go with the Bucks because I did it. The only thing that keeps me from flipping is the Tom Brady factor. And it was sure. the Tom Brady factor that caused me to think they would get there and beat the Patriots. Right. And I just feel like the Tom, the Tom Brady factor is too strong. And I know that you, I don't want to trigger you again with only a few minutes left in the show because we don't have enough time for you to completely get it out of your system. But I feel like the broader Tom Brady factor is what carries this team over the top. Yeah, I, I hear you. I that, There's certainly that factor. Buccaneers are definitely going to feel more confident walking into the Super Bowl knowing who their quarterback is. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So... I, like you, I picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl and play the Seattle Seahawks. So I was wrong on that aspect. But I did pick 
the, the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. In fact, I wish we still had that clip when Rodney and Coach Dungey were getting on me about, you know, picking them. Oh, how could you pick them? And, you think, uh, and I, I'm, taking the, I'm taking them against the field this year. I'm not backing down from that. I think this is it. I think we see the Chiefs play their best game of the football season this year, th this this week in this game. Like you've talked about, full attention, Bucks, Brady. Oh, we're at their home stadium. I think you're going to see the Chiefs play the best game they played all year. I'm going 38-20. Chiefs win this football wow. game. 38-20. Wow, yep. that's board. That's blowout. I know. That's blowout. Yeah. 18 points. That's blowout. Yeah. Um. Now. That the Chiefs will be, if they win, the first team to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls since Brady and the Patriots in 38 and 39. If Brady wins, he will be 2-0 and in keeping teams from repeating because right. he kept the Seahawks from repeating. They won 48. Then they lost 49 to the Patriots, and he would then stop the, the Chiefs from, from winning two in a row. If the Chiefs win this one, our storyline – for all offseason, can they make it? Can they be the first ones to do three? Right. We talked to Emmett Smith about that yesterday. Why didn't the Cowboys win three in a row? Well, Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones could no longer coexist, and it was Barry Switzer. That's why they didn't win three. If, if everything stays in place, and it is by all appearances, some people think that Andy Reid's going to retire no. and hand the whistle to Eric Bieniemy. No. Why? 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 Why would right. he? You built the house. Exactly. Go sit on the couch. He's been waiting his Enjoy whole life it. to get this damn team. He's not giving <laughs> up on it now. He's going, I finally got it. Here we go. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, you you got to capitalize on this. Um, I, this is going to be awesome. I'm I'm really excited for the Super Bowl, of course, as you are. You know what? I, you know what's crazy, Mike? I know we have the weekend at halftime, which I'm I'm a very big fan of the weekend, so I'm excited to see that. I don't think I know who's singing the national anthem. I. I think you I, don't know either. I saw it, but it was one of those. <laughs> I'm not sure who that is. I, I you get to a certain age where yeah, you're not you cool anymore. <laughs> all, all of them. The, the national anthem. I I didn't even. Matt Casey just said who it was, and it didn't even. Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church. So now I'm aware, and I'll forget by this afternoon. One last one for you, football historian. Who's the team that won two in a row with two different coaches? Two in a row with two different coaches. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you got me here. Hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> oh, the 49ers. Yes. Yes. Bill Good Walsh one. and George Seifert. Hey, I thought of that. I thought of that because um, I, I remember that there was that sense, will Bill Walsh retire? And it was stunning when he did. Right. So, you know, Andy Reid's not walking away. That would even be more stunning. Than Bill hey, Walsh. what was the score of Super Bowl nine at halftime? You know, that Viking Super Bowl. You remember two that nothing. one? Oh, two nothing. You guys lost that one, huh? Ah, Loserville, see ya. <laughs> if I were to fold down three of these fingers right now, do you have any idea which three it would do be? Do it. Don't be such There's a chicken. One. It's your show. There's one. <laughs> There's we'll See you Monday. Enjoy the Super Bowl. See ya. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.